This day of reflection was given by Monsignor Dan Seeker at our Lady of Good Counsel Retreat House in Waverly, Nebraska, June 20th, 2020, on the topic of St. Francis de Sales and the Introduction to Devout Life. These and other recordings are available at our website, goodcounselretreat.com. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Hello, and welcome to these live stream and on-demand conferences and recordings of the Holy Mass with the theme, St. Francis de Sales, Guide Along the Path of Holiness. I'm happy to be with you, even virtually, for this time of prayer and recollection, and may the Lord bless you all. My name is Monsignor Daniel Seeker. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Lincoln, and I'm currently assigned as Assistant Spiritual Director and Teacher at St. Gregory the Great Seminary near Seward, Nebraska. Although soon, God willing, I'll be moving to my new assignment as chaplain at Wyoming Catholic College. And so uh, we make this day of recollection, this day a time of retreat and prayer. I'm sure you've uh, read over the materials that were available on the Good Our Lady of Good Counsel website about how to make a virtual retreat and to follow those instructions to really make time for the Lord so that the Holy Spirit may speak to you in your time of prayer. I hope that you've been able to acquire a copy of the book, The Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales, but if not, don't worry, everything, uh, you can still make the retreat without it. We live in very challenging times, not only the challenges in our daily life, but also the coronavirus pandemic. And so I'm very grateful for Father Coulter in his zeal and his uh, technical wizardry to make this uh, uh, audio, this uh, retreat available to you uh, virtually. And we live in times that are very much described by St. Paul. We contend not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against worldly rulers of this present darkness against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm in the Lord. And so, like all times, we have a spiritual combat, as it were. And this is something that formed St. Francis de Sales as he grew in the Christian life, as he served as a priest and as a bishop. St. Paul says, however, we know that in everything God works for good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And so let us ask the Lord to help us to be joyful in hope and patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. You know, in times like these, we all need a friend. And the Lord has given us his own friendship and that of Our Lady. But besides the divine friendship and that of the Holy Mother of God and our guardian angels, we have a friend and guide in saints like St. Saint Francis de Sales. I'm sure that many of you listening have already been acquainted with St. Francis de Sales. Maybe many of you have read his writings, especially the introduction to the devout life, which we will focus on today. And again, I hope that you will continue to read his writings uh, throughout this day and in the future. And St. Francis, uh, we will talk about him today as an introduction. And uh, I noticed that in his own introduction to his 
uh, work, he uh, recognizes that he was unworthy. He says that he did not uh, feel himself devout, although he desired to be. And so I have the same sentiments today as I hear in an empty chapel at Our Lady of Guadalupe, thinking and praying for you in your homes or wherever you may be following this uh, virtual retreat. And perhaps uh, the good that can come from our time together is to introduce you to this great work of Christian spirituality, the introduction to the devout life, so that you may tap into it throughout your life and in the future. So let us pray. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be recreated, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of your faithful, grant that in that same spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So I want to begin this conference by recalling the outline of this day, the different conferences that will be uh, planned. Uh, at 9.30, we've already started the first conference, which is an introduction to the teachings of St. Francis de Sales. Uh, why should someone pay attention to a bishop from centuries ago? And I want to aim in these conferences at spending about 30 minutes reflecting on different themes that I hope will be of help to you as uh, you journey in the Christian life. And then at 11 o'clock, we will have Holy Mass, and we celebrate today the memorial of the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And if it's, it would be ideal if you were able to attend Mass in, in real life, uh, but if not, to attend virtually and to participate as much as you can uh, in that uh, with a heart open to the graces that God can give. And then following that, you'd have some time for lunch, and we would have a one o'clock conference talking about what St. Francis de Sales has to say about prayer. And then the third and final conference at 2.30 would be about growth in virtue, practical suggestions for responding to the call of holiness. And so let us make the most of this present opportunity. And so I encourage you uh, to put aside distractions and seek the face of the living God. Psalm 27 would be a good psalm to pray with. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? When evildoers assail me, uttering slanders against me, my adversaries and foes, they stumble and fall. Hear, O Lord, my cry. Teach me the, thy way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your hearts take courage. Wait on the Lord. So let me go back to that question that was asked before, why should we pay attention to a 17th century bishop? Well, in reality, the truth is that we are called to holiness. The Second Vatican Council said all Christians in any state or walk of life are called to the fullness of Christian life and to the perfection of charity. 
Our Lord said in the Sermon on the Mount, Therefore you must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And so this is something that St. Francis de Sales paid attention to more than others. You know, before the time of St. Francis de Sales, many of the things that were written and that were done to help people grow in holiness were aimed at those in the consecrated life, to priests, to, to nuns, to monks, to those who were religious. But St. Francis de Sales began writing letters and correspondence to lay people, ordinary people like yourselves, to help them to grow in holiness. And then eventually he was impelled to put it together in this book in various editions that became the introduction to the divine life. St. Francis de Sales is one of the doctors of the church. Certain ecclesiastical writers have received this title, doctor of the church, on the account of the great advantage that the whole church has derived from their doctrine. And so in the West, we have St. Gregory the Great, St. Ambrose, St. Augustine and St. Jerome in the East, St. John Chrysostom, St. Basil, St. Gregory of Nazianzen. And to these names, others have been subsequently added. In recent decades, St. Teresa of Avila, or St. Teresa of Jesus, Catherine of Siena, St. Therese of Lisieux, St. John of Avila, Hildegard von Bingen, and St. Gregory of Narek more recently, so that as last count, if I'm, I may be mistaken on this, there's about 37 doctors of the church. In these days of virtual medical professional care, people are making virtual visits to the doctors, I want you to know the doctor is in. St. Francis de Sales, a doctor of the church, is worthy of our attention on account of the great advantage to the whole church for his, that may be derived from his teachings. You know, there are a number of similarities between the times in which St. Francis de Sales lived and our own times. He lived in a time after the Reformation when there was great divisions in Christianity, and he suffered greatly because of that. He had to work to try to bring unity into the church, and so must we. He lived in a time of a fair amount of political upheaval, uh, although the figures and some of the discussions have changed, it's very similar to many of the things that we're experiencing in the world today. And also he lived in a time where there was a great need for holiness and the witness of the saints. And so St. Uh, Francis de Sales has had a great legacy. St. John Bosco, the founder of the Salesians, uh, named his uh, community, the Salesians of, uh, uh, are named after St. Francis de Sales. And also he found the oblates of this St. Francis de Sales have been founded. The missionaries of St. Francis de Sales are named in his honor. And this saint even has uh, St. Francis San Francois Atoll in uh, the Seychelles Islands uh, in the Indian Ocean off the coast of Africa. St. Francis de Sales has his feast day now on January 24th each year. You may associate it with the collection for the Catholic Press Month because he's a patron of journalists and those authors and writers. Previously, he was celebrated in the calendar on January 29th. He's known as the Gentle Christ of Geneva, where he was bishop, and the Gentleman's Saint. And this is interesting because St. Francis de Sales himself struggled with anger, and through constant effort and prayer, 
And by the grace of God, he was able to put on that virtue of humility and gentleness and to practice what our Lord said, who calls us to these virtues, when he said, learn of me, for I am meek and humble of heart. He was born on August 21st, 1567, and he died on December 28th, 1622. He was born in Savoy, kind of there between uh, France and Italy and Switzerland in that area of the world. And his parents uh, gave him a good education and intended that he become a lawyer and enter into the political realm and carry on the family line in power. And so he went to the University of Paris and studied with the Jesuits. But St. Francis de Sales, again, is appropriate for us because in his teenage years, he had a kind of a crisis. When he was a young man at college in Paris, he began to hear discussions and debates on predestination and the nature of salvation. And this was during the 16th century when Calvinism was devouring large parts of the church in the West. And young Francis was swayed by some of the harsher interpretations of predestination and began to doubt his own salvation. Convinced that he was one of the dams, damned, Francis began to feel terrible anguish. He fell into deep depression and even was confined to his bed for a time. So we might think if we're going through struggles in our own life or a time of crisis, if we're beset by worries and anxieties, He's a great patron saint for us to call upon and ask his intercession. Perhaps the Lord wants to give us the grace to know his peace, which is beyond all understanding. But in January of 1587, St. Francis de Sales went to a church in Paris, St. Stephen's Church. In the depths of his depression, he went to this darkened church in which hardly anyone was there and prayed in front of the Black Madonna, the image of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And he found there a holy card with the prayer of the Memorare, a very a beautiful prayer that many people have turned to in our own times, as in every time. The Memorare of St. Bernard, remember, O Most Gracious Virgin Mary, etc. And in that prayer to Mary, he later admitted that the darkness was dispelled. He understood it as a moment of grace, a grace that he didn't deserve, but it was a gift of the love of God. And so we too can open our hearts to this grace of God in our times and in our circumstances. We can understand, for example, that we are loved, many of us, by parents and family before we deserve it. We can be forgiven by those who we have offended. This grace of God allows us to penetrate into the mystery of God and wonder at God's love that we can't merit because God loves us because he is God. God is love. He gives us the ability to say no to sin and to say yes to our Lord Jesus Christ and the life that he has taught us to live. And so all that St. Francis de Sales taught was rooted in this experience of God's mercy in a quiet and dark Parisian church. This grace empowered him to love God in return, to know that predestination was wrong, and God allowed him to perform many good acts uh, because of this grace that he give, gave him. St. Francis then went on to study law at the University of Padua in Italy and earned a doctorate in both church and civil law, and then he returned home and found a position in the Senate as an advocate. 
It was at this point that he received a message from the Lord in prayer, leave all and follow me. And he took this as a call to the priesthood. His family was opposed to him being a priest because they had other ideas for him. However, he persuaded them by his devout life, his gentle ways, and he won over his family. St. Francis was ordained a priest in December 18, 1593. And he was immediately appointed the provost, or the missionary, as we might say today, to Geneva, Switzerland, one of the, stronghold of the strongholds of the Calvinists. And he went to that place in great danger. One of the things that might help you to understand St. Francis de Sales a little more is not only to read his writings, but to read a biography about him. There's a very good one written by uh, Father André Ravier, a Jesuit, called St. Francis de Sales, Sage and Saint. It's published by Ignatius Press in 1988. And he tells in this biography that St. Francis de Sales went on foot to the place where he was to evangelize. He became for four years an itinerant, a needy, a poor, and constantly threatened missionary, who at certain critical times would not have recovered his breath or courage, except for he called upon the example of St. Francis Xavier, the great missionary to the East, and the recent English martyrs that he had learned about. And so he went about trying to win back to Christ many who had been led astray. But it was not without danger. Again, Father Ravier says, these walks were not without risk, peril from snow and cold, one evening, Francis knocked in vain at the doors in the village and finally huddled together in the rear of a building where there was a fire burning, a public oven. Perils from wild animals. One night, Francis, returned al returning alone, found himself suddenly assailed by a pack of wolves. He had time only to climb a tree and spent the night in the tree. For fear of falling off, he tied himself with his belt to a branch of the tree. Uh, we kind of think of St. Paul talking about the perils that he experienced as a missionary from Christ. He experienced peril from men who tried to put him to death. And one evening in the end of February 1995, two men leaped out from behind a bush with swords in hand. And Francis walked right up to them, stared them steadily in the face and spoke to them calmly. And the two assailants were stupefied and begged his pardon, said they had nothing against him, and, uh, but they had been paid to kill him. And so St. Francis de Sales continued, continued his missionary travels throughout the Duchy of Savoy. He worked with children wherever he could. He was a friend of St. Vincent de Paul. He was very much influenced by St. Philip Neri in his own times. He turned down a wealthy French bishopric where God... Uh, uh, wasn't calling him, he thought, in order to be Bishop of Geneva. And because he couldn't reach his own diocese because of the situation, he wrote pamphlets, he wrote little tracts that he would send, and these did so much to influence people that he was accounted and credited to have won over hundreds of thousands of souls back to the Catholic faith or to the Catholic faith. 
and these zealous efforts led him to be chosen as a bishop and helped people uh, to grow in the love of God and strengthen the church. He put in, into place the reforms of the Council of Trent, and he was also aware that he was responsible for the priests of his diocese. He established seminaries and handpicked those who would teach in the seminaries. He was very solicitous for the religious life. With St. Francis, Jane Francis de Chantel, founded the Visitation Sisters. But he showed his great concern for the lay people. He realized how difficult it was to be faithful to Christ and to live a life of prayer and virtue. And so he gave them instructions. Even though the Diocese of Geneva was in shambles when he was assigned to it, after decades of scandals among the clergy, we can learn very much from St. Francis about this. Uh, he is a patron of those who are deaf and authors, the Catholic press, confessors, and educators, journalists, and writers. And so he used the media uh, because preaching in the public scores, squares and going door to door was dangerous. He began to write these leaflets uh, explaining Catholic teaching and correcting errors. But he responded to the scandals by saying, what clerics who were bad priests did was equivalent of spiritual murder. And they, he very much denounced the evils that happened in his time. But St. Francis added that if we allow scandals to destroy our faith, we essentially tie a millstone around our own neck and toss ourselves into the, out of the bark of Peter, where Christ is at the helm, into the depths of the sea of misery. He even used sign language in order to bring his message to the deaf and did so much uh, to bring many people to Christ that he is a great guide for us in the spiritual life. Often St. Francis de Sales is represented as a bald man with a beard wearing the robes of a bishop while holding a book with a, a, his heart pierced with thorns or wearing the robes of the bishop holding the picture of the Blessed Virgin Mary. He's often represented by a crown of thorns of the heart of Jesus. The two points to be considered as we respond to this question, why learn from St. Francis de Sales is that we are called to holiness. St. Francis was very intent on helping ordinary lay people to respond to this call to holiness, to the perfection of the Christian charity, and not only priests and religious. And also, all popes in recent years have emphasized the call to evangelize, the call to be a good witness to Christ. As our Lord says, go to all the corners of the world and teach all people my gospel. And so we are called to share this good news of Jesus with renewed vigor. It may be by our example. I have seen many examples of good lay people who lead other people to Christ without saying a word by their good example, the way they live their Christian lives, their faithfulness to prayer and to the Mass and to the sacraments, but also to reach out to people. And the only way that we can do that is if we are responding to that call to holiness that God has given to us. St. Francis de Sales wrote in the introduction to the devout life, it is an error, or rather a heresy, to say devotion is incompatible with the life of a soldier, a tradesman, a prince, or a married woman. It has happened that many have lost perf perfection in the desert who uh, had preserved it in the world. And so uh, it may be different the way uh, one lives a holy life 
in uh, the life of a housewife or a businessman or someone who is a teacher or a student, uh, someone who works in a manual labor job. But all of us are called to holiness and all of us are called to be good witnesses of Christ. The book, The Introduction to the Devout Life, was first published in 1609. It was a collection of letters that St. Francis had written to a Philothea. It may be someone who actually lived, or his own mother, some think, but certainly Philothea in the Greek means the lover of God. And so St. Francis de Sales considered the devout life, the life of Christian holiness, the life of charity, to be a love relationship with God. And that's why he wrote to anyone, each of us can take up and read these, this book, these collection of letters on the spiritual life, because we are called to be lovers of God. It's any man or woman who wants to love God, who, who saint, this saintly uh, uh, St. Francis de Sales was addressing. He wrote them not with thought of being published, but later then they were collected and revised, and the final edition was issued just before he died. St. Francis de Sales also wrote a treatise on the love of God, which was addressed again to Theotimus, one who fears God, one who has this holy gift of the Spirit, which is the fear of the Lord. In other words, the fear of the Lord that leads to wisdom, that leads us to respond to God's love for us by loving him in return. And so both works are intended for use by men and women living in the world, and he makes the reader understand that with their daily cares and responsibilities, they are called to be saints and may even reach a very high plane of sanctity, even higher than those who are consecrated persons, priests or nuns or others uh, who are religious. And so the introduction to the devout life is not a novel to be read for uh, you know, cover to cover like a story. But it is a classic of the spiritual life, and there is a certain order and pattern to it. But I would want to encourage you that if you acquire the Introduction to the Devout Life, it's also available online, um, and that you might go back to it over and over again, not only today on this day of recollection, but in the future, because you can go to the table of contents and look up a topic that you might want to learn something more about or a question that comes to your mind and find a little section that's maybe only a page or two long and go to that and read it with profit as you go through the days and weeks and months and years. And so it's a beautiful book because you can read a little segment and pray upon it, pray about it without spending a lot of time each of the little uh, sections of the Introduction to the Devout Life are very short. You could probably read them in less than 10 minutes. It's one of his well-known books. As I said, he wrote many pamphlets and correspondence. I remember seeing the original French edition, which I think was like 21 volumes of the writings of St. Francis de Sales. What I would like to do now as a conclusion as uh, to this first conference is to look at the table of contents of the book, The Introduction to the Devout Life. And so if you have it available to you, you might open to the table of contents. It may be on different pages and different editions. Um, the essence of the spiritual life is taught in The Introduction to the Devout Life. The book was often uh, referred to as a spiritual classic because it contains the collective wisdom of the predecessors. You know, we stand on the shoulder of giants 
And this is why uh, St. Thomas Aquinas referred to his work as being dependent on those who had gone before him. And certainly the same was true for St. Francis de Sales and for us today. The introduction of the devout life is divided into five parts. The first part is the instruction and exercises needed to lead the soul from its first desire for the devout life or holiness, the life of charity, until a full resolution to embrace it. And so this is like the introduction to the introduction. He's assuming, as our Lord uh, went to sinners, that we are in need of conversion. Now, many of us who may have been following the Lord as disciples for years could still benefit from reading this first part. Uh, but it contains various elements of introducing a person to want to desire to be a disciple, to follow the Lord in holiness of life, and to make a resolution and a commitment to live holiness of life. The second part gives various instructions for elevating the soul to God through prayer and the sacraments. So it's about prayer. And in our uh, conference this afternoon, the first conference, the, the second conference of this day, we will spend time reflecting on this call to prayer, because prayer is the breath of the spiritual life, and it's so essential for us. The third part is instructions on the practice of virtue, and then necessary counsels against frequent temptations. And the fifth part is exercises and instructions for renewing the soul and confirming in, it, in its devotion. And so just to look at those again, we want to realize that we have an opportunity given to us by the Lord, by giving us life and by giving us baptism and a share knowing about Jesus, that we want to live a life uh, of uh, love of God and love of our neighbor. St. Francis de Sales encourages us to find a spiritual guide. In fact, we have found one in him and in the lives of the saints. And we find a spiritual guide when we go to church and listen to the preaching there and go to confession and receive forgiveness of our sins and counsel. But he calls us to consciously reject sin, all sin, in order to be an authentic disciple of the Lord and to try to lead a life of charity to grow in holiness. Then in the second part, he teaches us how to pray, to fill the whole day with prayer with a dedicated time of prayer. And then when we spend time in prayer, as the Catechism says, if we have definite determined times of prayer, then it helps us to pray always, as St. Paul encourages us in the letter to the Thessalonians. To do penance, to practice spiritual exercises, to attend mass. Maybe some will join in morning prayer and evening prayer, the liturgy of the hours of the church or Compline. To pray to Mary, the rosary, and this devotion to Mary and the saints has been a great help to many people to grow in holiness. The third part then talks about growing in virtue. And this means dying to self and to sin and growing in the love of God. And he speaks about the virtues that he acquired in his life and exemplifies gentleness and humility that lead us to imitate Christ who said, learn of me for I am meek and humble of heart. And this third part encourages everyone to seek Christian perfection, to live in their own state in life according to the evangelical councils, to become uh, simple and share with the poor, to reject the materialism of our age, to live chastity according to our state in life, and to live in obedience to the church and to our spiritual guide. And so it's helpful also that he gives us a teaching on friendship in the Christian life. 
The fourth part, St. Francis de Sales talks about overcoming some of the most frequent temptations. Now, all of us have our human weaknesses, and all of us have predominant faults. It's not easy to follow Christ. And so we need to deny ourselves, and that will be difficult. We need to be able to recognize the occasions of sin and grow in virtue in order to come overcome them. Then finally, the fifth part gives us instructions for renewing the soul and confirming it in the decision to live a holy life. And this might be expressed in an annual retreat, or occasionally we need to recommit ourselves to this following of Christ and to this desire to live the devout life. And so consider this book as a reference book when you want to prayerfully consider any topic in the spiritual journey. It's a masterpiece of this mystical and spiritual life, and it's something that has been helpful to so many people, uh, beginning with myself and, and many others. And so now we're concluding, and we'll have Mass uh, in a little while. Uh, I just wanted to uh, encourage you again to make the most of this day, to, as much as you can, focus on the fact that God has created you out of love, that he's desiring to you to grow in holiness, to spend time in quiet and in prayer, and perhaps in some reading of the introduction to the devout life as we go through this day. We must fear God out of love, St. Francis de Sales, not love him out of fear. We are not drawn to God by iron chains, but by sweet attractions and holy inspirations. And the virtue of patience is one which most assures us of attaining perfection. And so I just want to conclude this conference with a little uh, exhortation of St. Francis de Sales that you may see from time to time. He said, do not look forward to what may happen tomorrow. The same everlasting Father who takes care of you today will take care of you tomorrow. He will either shield you from suffering or give you unfailing strength to bear it. Be at peace then and put aside all anxious thoughts and imaginations. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.